Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. But first, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show uh, Paul Williams. Paul is author of The Monk, The Life and Crimes of Ireland's Most Enigmatic Gang Boss, and he's a crime journalist with the Irish Independent. Uh, Paul, I know people watching closely uh, proceedings uh, at the Special Criminal Court as the Regency Hotel murder trial continues. What is the latest today? Well, we're, today, uh, Karen, these are tapes. There are a number, there's up to 10 hours of tapes which were secretly recorded by the Gardaí. Um, in a, which were placed in a jeep owned by Jonathan Dowdall, the former Sinn Féin uh, county councillor who is now um, the state witness against Jared Hutch. And they travelled on the 7th of March 2016 to Northern Ireland to meet people, it would appear, who were members of the Republican movement. They referred to them as the, the IRA. We can assume these are the members of the dissident Republican groups they went to see. Uh, and the discussion at this stage was to basically Jared Hutch wanted... Um, the dissidents to intervene um, in the feud with the Kinnans uh, by, you know, interfere, interfering and or intervening and enforcing a peace deal, so to speak. But um, and you certainly got that today from listening to the tapes. There were there were Northern Ireland accents in and out of this jeep, and there were there was a lot of go to in and fro. And it's very hard to actually follow the full context of the discussions. But the dissidents were clearly. Um, one would have to say, based on what we heard today, was uh, they were exaggerating the level of influence and power they could bring to bear against the Kinnahans. Because, as we know, Kieran, that this was taken on the 7th of March, uh, with the number of murders that took place afterwards, that they certainly that it would appear that that particular alleged trip uh, and the purpose of it uh, didn't really glean any results uh, that, uh, of any great value to anybody. But one of the other things we got today was, uh, in, the, in, the, in the context of the tapes, was that you know, Jerry Hutch uh, was is not a man who is in favour of the use of uh, gratuitous violence. Um, and himself and Dowdall, when they were just talking amongst each other, were lamenting the descent into full-on violence that we we have witnessed in gangland over the years. And he's you know he's making a re- reference that there was a need for another method of mediating a feud, which of course didn't involve anybody legitimate. Mm. Um, so like you know the, the, one of the comments that Hutch says is you know all the heartbreak that's left behind, and there had to be another way. Yet he said he was in favour of mediation with the, the Kennans, but he did not want to show what he called a weak hand. He could not get involved with them because, as he said, the messenger gets it, as in the person who goes to mediate with the Kinnahans gets murdered. And that would be a very, you know, strong reference to Eddie Hutch, Jared Hutch's brother, who at this stage had had been murdered very, very quickly after the Regency. And he had been a go-between between the two sides in the immediate run-up to the to the, the the incident at the Regency Hotel, and that's probably what he was referring to. He also revealed today that you know that the Kinnans had asked the man to set him up uh, and had supplied weapons to this person, guns to this person to uh, carry out that um, murder. Other things we have heard um, on the tapes over the past few days, uh, Kieran, you'd like to know, and Melda May would love to know that Jerry Hutch likes Melda May's music. Uh, that was one of his throwaway comments. Um, he also talks about the, the six people who were involved, and you would have heard of this in other reports. You know, the six people. People, they were talking about the police and had they identified the six who were involved mm. and he Hutch famously says I don't think the police know who the six are the six people don't know uh, who the six are whatever that meant um, and you, you also get the feeling from the bit I heard and, and I've read that you know Dowdall spends a lot of time massaging 
uh, Jerry Hutch's ego. And remember, Jerry, we know now on the record that Dowdle is driving the Jeep to Northern Ireland and he uh, set up the meetings with these dissident Republicans to encourage them to, in, to enforce peace and, and to intervene in this, yeah. in this feud. Uh, so you see a lot of that going on. And another comment from, from Jerry Hutch was, I suppose, illustrates a sort of bit of the humour. The guy, he talks about, you know, that he saw from the photographs in the papers that Kinahan is in a heap and uh, Dowdle has made some comment about that. But then Hutch said, you know, well, I'd be like that if some C's came running in with an AK-47 and if uh, Kinahan wasn't in an awful way, you'd have to say he's totally disturbed, uh, as in that he's totally bonkers. Uh, so it, it, you get you're getting tidbits of very interesting insight yeah. into the sort of dynamics uh, that, that of these people and, and the way they think and what they talk. Um, but what we are having at the moment uh, this week, and this is a very crucial, crucial juncture in this, which has been described, Kieran, as the you know the gangland um, trial of the century, certainly of the past twenty, thirty years. But the, the part we're hearing at the moment, there's ten hours from a total, I think, about 60, 70 hours of recordings that were secretly and surreptitiously obtained by the Gardaí on listening devices which were placed in uh, Dowdall's car. Now, these 10 hours obviously have been selected uh, specifically for the court to listen to. And it's a bit like the, the you know, the... the, the cart coming before the horse because what is at stake here at the moment is that the defence Brendan Grahans uh, on behalf of Jerry Hutch is arguing that you know this evidence on these tapes is inadmissible because it was recorded outside the jurisdiction. Mm. At least eight out of the ten hours were recorded outside the jurisdiction. Now the court is listening to these uh, at the moment to, and then they will enter what's called a voir dire, which is basically a trial within a trial. Now, if this was in a jury trial, the jury would be sent out, and this are, there would be legal arguments heard from both sides. This is what's happening. It will happen here in the Special Criminal Court, only it's slightly different. And the court will hear the legal arguments from both sides, and before they will rule on the admissibility of the evidence in regard to the physical locations of Jonathan Dowdall and Jared Hutch at the time of these recordings. So this is this would be very much a very much anticipated ruling. Now it's expected that today, uh, well today and tomorrow and um, uh, the next day, but uh, there will be the t- more of the tapes listened to, and then they will move on to this voir dire, and then the court will decide, and that will have a very uh, strong indication of where that trial is going. It's, after that, it's interesting that they're going to listen to the tapes. And, and, and then make that decision on admissibility, because as you said, that there is no jury here; it's the same judges. They can't unhear what they've well, heard. Well, the thing about the special criminal court is this, and I've been looking at it for a long, long time, Karen. And do you know what? If you ever read a judgment, any of the judgments from the special criminal court, they are the most forensic minute appraisal of the evidence put before it you will ever see. They parse and dissect every piece of evidence, even the smallest piece of evidence, and they put together the jigsaw. And they, 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 in their judgments, these three uh, judges will outline in, in minute detail, as I say, uh, the reasons why they came to the decisions they came to. And that's why you see very, very few um, successful appeals against uh, decisions by the Special Criminal Court because they, they look at this purely from the, uh, the texture and, and the quality of the law in front of them. Um, and they don't allow, there are, no, there are no rooms, like for example, that you could have with a jury, there is no room for emotion. Uh, they look at it in the cold, look at the cold hard facts and come to a reasoned decision based on that. Can I ask, and this is, this is in some way kind of slightly tangential question to, to the matter at hand before the court. And it seems strange to use this type of language, uh, um, given what we're talking about, terrorists, effectively. But what service in the tapes were the 
provost, the dissident Republicans <coughs> offering? But well, that's the point, Karen. We don't know. That, you know, these guys, there was an awful lot of fellas melting off today. Uh, when I was listening to what we heard in court today, there was a lot of people blathering. And, you know, it was all hot air, one would say, because as I say to you, you know, they were saying that they would go and talk to them. Um, and it was clear, as I said to you earlier, that, you know, that, that they were very much exaggerating their own sense of uh, power and influence because it was very, very clear the evidence speaks very loudly that, you know, nobody, they didn't certainly succeed in enforcing any kind of peace or talking or in convincing anybody to weigh off because after that, uh, March the 7th, I think there was another, um, off the top of my head, another 12 or 13 murders took place over the period of time after that. So um, I don't know what they were going to do. I don't know what they were intent on achieving. Uh, There was a lot of you could hear in Hutch's voice that he didn't really trust them. There was a bit of exaggeration going on. And also, he was concerned about that there were, there were rumour-mongering, you know, a mouthing off, basically, so that, you know, if they go to the Kinnans and say to the Kinnans, by the way, Jerry Hutch wants to talk about uh, peace, then he was concerned that, well, all these start mouthing off and going around and telling people, oh, Hutch wants to, to give in, throw in the towel, he's afraid or whatever. You know, you get a lot of that nonsense um, from that. All right. Well, listen, uh, Paul, we will talk to you again as this trial proceeds. I'm sure Paul Williams is author of The Monk, The Life and Crimes of Ireland's Most Enigmatic Gang Boss. He's a crime journalist with the Irish Independent. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.